You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. It is February 1st as you're listening to this. We've made it through a month of the 2021 calendar year. We're here with Scott. Uh, We're talking a a wide variety of topics today. We got National Signing Day coming up this week. So we're going to get a finalized 2021 class, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that as we go along here. We got some staff changes. We got some incoming players. But first, Scott, I have to do, I have to ask you, this is the first weekend we've had without any form of football since August, something like that. How, how are you doing? How are we coping with this? Hey, we had the Senior Bowl, so not no football, maybe no good, good football. I didn't watch the senior bowl. We were we were um, busy watching uh the undercard of some amateur boxing match with <laughs> some an some interesting afternoon. Old flabby lanky fella taking on a younger cut up fella. Yeah, it didn't go well. Um but we had the senior bowl, didn't watch, but uh no, no, we're I mean we're okay. MSU basketball's back. I thought that would maybe be a, a spirit lifter. It wasn't, you know, same frustration that we all know so well. Uh, we got another game today. By the time this drops, we will know the result of the Michigan State-Ohio State basketball game uh, this afternoon. So uh, go green, fingers crossed. But uh, going to plan some other things around that. Going to have it on in the background today, I think. Kind of trying we, to dissociate a little bit. We mentioned last night because we were, we were on a Zoom call with a bunch of buddies. And it's like... The, the Detroit Pistons are in, in the running, if not the favorite, for the number one pick in the NBA, worst team in the league. Detroit Red Wings, arguably the worst team in the NHL. Uh, Detroit Lions, we, we'll actually kind of touch on that. Obviously, the big Stafford news uh, over the weekend, but perennially one of the worst teams in the league, safe to say. And then we got Michigan State, which usually is our you know kind of uh, boost from all of that. Michigan State football goes out, wins two games, and then Michigan State basketball, which we can always count on, goes out there and scores like 39 points. Like, man, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's a time. You know, it's – I hope it's rock bottom. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, you you didn't mention the Tigers there in the mix as well. Uh, For any baseball fans out there, they'll be uh, getting into spring training. I think – I haven't – I don't follow baseball news too closely, but they should be getting into spring training – I think in about a month ish. So we'll get that, get that ball rolling again. Um, 
yeah, no, it's it, it's tough. But signing day, it's always a time of excitement, new beginnings, if you will. Um, we got some more, I guess, roster space, which we'll talk about. So maybe some other good news coming this off season. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting time to be a Detroit sports fan uh, in, a, in a Michigan state of Michigan sports fan. Yeah, it's a far um, cry from the early 2000s when we had the Wings winning cups. You had the Pistons winning a championship and going to the finals like every year. You had the Tigers yeah, I mean, that were competing. From, you had from like late 90s Red Wings through early teens Tigers. You always had a, at least a contender in Detroit. Uh, and, and growing up, you know, we were we were kind of coming of age, if you will, through that era. So it was uh, it was exciting. We were spoiled. I, I thought that's just what being a sports fan was <laughs> like. You just you know, you pay attention to the teams that are good that year. Um, and now we're, we're left, left like, paying attention. Imagine to, uh, being like a Boston sports fan that right now is like 22, 23 years old. You have known nothing but complete success across the board in all major sports. I feel like they're, they have to be in for, you know, the Patriots are starting to go downhill uh, but I, I feel like at some point the bottom's going to fall out there. And I don't know how those guys are going to cope with that because they, you know, we talk about like big heads we talk about Michigan sports fans all the time, but like, Oof. man, Boston sports fans, like young Boston sports fans, that's gotta be a tough wake up call in like five or six years when they don't have like a single championship contender. Like it's, it's gotta happen eventually. Right. Yeah, you'd think, I mean, I hope so, you know, for the sake of everyone, but Boston fans, I hope they get humbled soon. If you, if you had to pick a Detroit or Michigan state uh, team to win a championship next, like soonest, or at least compete for a championship soonest. Um, and I'm going to take MSU basketball out because of the, the recruits that are coming in the next couple of years um who who would it be msu football or pro like the, that team? i would want to or that i think will? no that you think is is closest to it okay i was gonna say because obviously i'll take michigan state football no um that's a depressingly difficult question um <laughs> i guess i'll go with the pistons for the simple reason that one player can make the biggest difference in basketball. And if we're on track for the okay. number one pick, maybe we luck into a superstar and, you know, the dominoes can fall from there. Like football, it ta- it's going to take so much. And baseball, I don't really follow that closely, but I know we are a long ways away from competing there. And the hockey team, I guess, would be the only other one in contention, but they're just so bad right now that yeah. it's hard for me to envision anything in the next five years like it's yeah yeah no I like that I don't know who I would have answered I was kind of just taking the thought process of literally who who competes the best with their peers right now which I honestly I don't know if there's really Nobody. an answer <laughs> to that but no the, yeah you're right basketball you know you get the it's, one it's player, the, the shortest superstar. turnaround I think right yeah yeah is there anybody in college basketball this year that I mean, you don't have a LeBron James coming There's through, but like, who's, who's the consensus dude, number one? There's supposedly a kid from Oklahoma State 
It's like Cade Cunningham, uh, which I I don't really follow national college basketball as closely as I used to, but apparently he's like a legit, you know, teams didn't really want the number one pick this last year because there wasn't really any bona fide player. Apparently this kid can be the next kind of big thing. He's like a six, eight point guard. So that's, I guess there is a guy that teams are kind of coveting. Whereas, you know, this last year it was, well, you know, I guess if we have the number one pick, like we'll take somebody, but we're not really too excited about it. I think next year there's, there's a tank worthy player. So, okay. We'll see. I don't know, but we're five and 15. We're we're (laughs) We're heavily in the tank. We're in the depths of the tank right now. We just uh, got absolutely torched by golden state last night, Uh, but we beat the Lakers. So shout out anybody who got on that. um, (laughs) Was it FanDuel or DraftKings that was doing? I don't remember, but but they had the adjusted line of plus plus one thirty nine or whatever it ended up being. As a former uh, Detroit Pistons season ticket holder, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I think I was in at the wrong time. I had season tickets two years ago because I was living, I was living in a studio apartment like two blocks from Little Caesars Arena, and it was the first year that they were opening. And I was like, you know what, like I, why not? The, the, the I did a half season ticket package. It, the price wasn't too bad. I was right at like the, I was at the third row or fourth row of the upper deck. So it was pretty good seats. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was something to do a couple days a week. I got to see a lot of the incoming, you know, you, you got the thunder coming in and Russell Westbrook, you got to see some of the other teams, but as far as like going there to watch the Pistons, it, it wasn't great, but I got to see some really good basketball. I got to see some fun stuff. So like as much as it's, is it a good use of your money? No, probably not, but I really enjoyed it. So anybody out there who's a season ticket holder who gets crap from their friends or family, why are you season tickets to like a bad team? Like it's fun. It's something to do, you know, don't don't let hang out in the, got to hang out in the nicest venue Detroit has to offer. So you know, even if you don't watch the basketball, you get out of the house, you get to hang out, nice concessions, get some hot dogs, catch a few games. They had some see good some stars, and you get too. to watch. I mean, right. you get to watch like the NBA stars cycling through. Which, even if you're not, you know, there for the Pistons, you're going to see some pretty talented guys. So. And right next to my entrance, like to to where where I came in, there was a. It was like a little cart. And they had these like barbecue, it was like barbecue pulled pork nachos. Unreal. Unbelievable. And it was speaking of concessions, only like nine bucks or something. If Mel Tucker wants to endear himself to this program uh, early when these fans come back, he could, he, we need like a seven levels upgrade of the (laughs) MSU concessions because you can only survive on tim horton's hot chocolate <laughs> and cold popcorn for so long and don't forget the frozen lemonade cups the for like staple of one week a year <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you know no, that we, we could hot. use a we could use a boost in that department serving beer would be nice you know i'll be on that train forever but i don't think it'll happen anytime Can soon you, I, I mean i'm on that train too obviously like, i think I ohio think state does are. it in the big 10 i think that might be the but only school thinking about like the average um, physical state of 
an MSU student arriving at Spartan <laughs> Stadium on a Saturday in the fall. The, the thought of then having beer available in the stadium feels irresponsible at best. Well, that being said, I'm 100% down for it. <laughs> See, the way I look at it, though, is all the old folks the I'll, I'll include my parents into this. Uh, my parents just, I, I won't, I won't give away their age. They're, they're the older folks. I know my mom was listening. I don't want to give her away. Um, but there, there's a lot of complaints I hear about, Oh, the students leaving too early and all of that. One way to get them to stay is you kick that halftime hangover that kicks in by going and grabbing a beer. And it's not going to like, selling beer in the stadium selling like miller light it's not going to put somebody over the edge from drunk to belligerent right but it's gonna it's gonna take you from the it's halftime i'm starting to get this headache kicking in to like all right at least we can rally through this whole game before i go home and take a nap like that that's the way i look at it nothing worse than like a cold rainy fall Saturday you're down multiple possessions at halftime you sit down you can't even sit on the bench because it's wet and cold right you're just standing there through halftime you're sobering up oh it's brutal and that's why you do that's why you do the fireball snuck in through the boot or through the back pocket or through the however whatever means of of sneaking in a pint of fireball can get you but yeah, just being able to go and buy a $5 Miller Lite, I think that would solve a lot of problems. I'm down. We got to we got to keep petitioning. I think it's more of a state law, right? Isn't that currently like, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Those of you who know the Let's make those it happen. spheres, figure it out. Um before yeah. we get into though uh, our main topics for the day, I do want to just mention real quick because it is big news, right? We we talked about Detroit sports. Matt Stafford's gone. He's been a staple in the Detroit community for what ten years, thirteen years, wow. I want to say something like years. that. Um, yeah, like how how do you feel about Stafford being gone? We got two first round picks, Jared Goff, and a third round pick from the Rams. I don't know. We don't need to like break down the trade or anything, but just kind of what do you, what were your thoughts when you saw that tweet come across the timeline? I mean, it was expected, right? We knew he was on the trading block. I would say there were more emotions involved when the news broke last week that he wanted a trade. Um, you know, that was kind of the, the, the realization that that era was over and that the franchise would be moving on when I saw the actual trade last night, uh, I was, I mean, I'm elated personally. I know there's some mixed reviews. I think it's more positive than negative. I think once, once you accept, you know, that we are going to be dealing Stafford, this is about as, I mean, I don't know if it's as good as you're going to get, but it's a great offer. I think it makes sense for both teams. I think it's the commitment to rebuild that the lions needed to make probably five years ago. (laughs) Um, or at least three years ago when Jim Caldwell, well, I don't know. I mean, we were in good shape when Caldwell left and then Patricia ripped it down. So I don't know when the right time would have been, but it felt like this was a long time coming and we were trying to put together a competitive team for Stafford and we were just so far from it. So no, I I think it's a fantastic move. I'm, it's going to be weird seeing him in another Jersey. I'm absolutely going to be, that's going to be, especially those wacky Rams uniforms. 
yeah like he just seems like he belongs in like a traditional nfl uni like a cowboys or like yeah. uh giants or something you know like those those rams it almost feels like a college uniform and it just like like you need a flashy quarterback and not like a you know a gunslinger i don't know yeah i it, it is gonna feel weird to see that and it's gonna be weird seeing a different quarterback in detroit let alone somebody that you know it's it's not a draft pick it's somebody that we've seen before in another uniform I don't love Jared Goff. I think, you know, that's, that's a deal you make just because I think they were trying to get rid of him. But I think the biggest thing, like you said, is they're committing to the rebuild, like two first round picks and both future first round picks lets me know that they're kind of in this for the long haul. And it has a move that had to be made. I'm pretty happy about it. All all things considered, I think, uh, maybe we're heading in the right direction. Maybe Jared Goff can bite off some kneecaps with Dan Campbell and, uh, (laughs) We'll see what we got going on here. I I never get too excited about anything the Lions are doing just because I've been burned too many times to to really believe at any point. But it seems like, you know, we're putting a good staff together. We're, we're the first deal we make is getting a couple first round picks, a third round pick for Stafford. Like it seems like things are, are going well, but yeah, I, I can't get too excited. It's the Detroit Lions. I'm 26. They've been burning me my entire life. So I, you know, tempering expectations. Yeah, we're finally, we're finally fully embracing like the older Lions yep. fan mentality. The dudes like, who, the dudes who call into 97.1 and no matter what happens, it's, I don't, the Ford family's got to go. It's like, dude, we're just talking about like how we ran for a hundred yards this game. <laughs> you know, we're turning yeah, into yeah. those guys. <laughs> it's uh but I think it's the emotionally the safest uh, the safest approach to the team. You know, you just you rip them until they're good, and then finally say, "Okay, they surprised me. I was wrong." You know, yeah. If they make me say I was wrong once, I'm going to be right the rest of the time. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I like what they've done with the staff. Uh, you know, Coleman or not Coleman Campbell, excuse me, was was signed for a longer deal than you would expect from a first time head coach for six years. It also leads us to believe that it's going to be a longer rebuild. And now it's just about, you know, drafting the right players, signing the right contracts and uh, figuring out how to bring a defense back into Detroit. Um, But speaking of staff, uh, we got a couple moves moving into the Michigan State sphere here. A couple promotions. So obviously we lost Trestle to Cincinnati, leaving a a void in the secondary. Um, Harlan Barnett's going to be moving to secondary coach. He was cornerbacks coach. Uh, he will be the secondary coach now. And we have promoted Tavares Tillman to cornerbacks coach. So he was in a, an off-the-field coaching role last year. So this is his first crack at a position coach. Um, yeah, Kevin, what do you think of that move? So the the first thing that jumps out is Michigan State now has six bald coaches that are on-field coaches. Mel Tucker, bald the shiniest bald head you'll ever see. Harlem Barnett, bald. Ron Burton, bald. Ted Gilmore, bald. Courtney Hawkins, bald. So I I love the move. I, I respect the bald heads, the bald-headed community. This is a great day for them. Uh, but no, I, I mean, like realistically, you know, in terms of on the field stuff, he's, he's a guy who played in the NFL. He played in a Super Bowl. Doesn't have any on-field coaching experience, but again, it's, it's not a role where you're not promoting him to defensive coordinator here, right? You're, you're, you're asking him to do a specific job, 
coaching up corners, a position that he played. He, he's been basically a quality control coach, which is more or less, you know, somebody who's doing a lot of the film work, a lot of the scouting for, you know, whoever we're playing that week, they're going to be in the film room giving some kind of analysis about, you know, here's what they like to do on third down and stuff like that. So these guys are in the film room a ton that that's kind of when you hear quality control coach, that's generally what you're thinking about. But I, I like the move. I, I, you know, again, we don't know a whole lot about this guy, so it's hard to be definitive one way or the other, but I like that we're taking a chance on him. And, and again, I like somebody who's been in the NFL, who's played in the NFL. That's what we talked about with Courtney Hawkins. It's not only for coaching, right? Where you can, you can look at a guy and say, this technique works. I've proved it myself and, and been playing at the highest level. Uh, but it's good for recruiting as well, right? When, when he's going into a living room, when he's calling a guy on the phone and saying, look, I know what it takes to get to the NFL and I can help you get there. So I, I love it for that aspect. We're bringing another former NFL player onto the staff. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, again, we don't know a whole lot about him as far as a coach, but, um, just, you know, kind of the initial optics of it. I, I think it's a good move and another bald coach. Yeah. <laughs> important shout out bald i'm well on my way i'm like <laughs> i'd put myself at 85 90 bald just do the old like one buzz all the way around um so shout out to that love to see the representation uh, no and at the end of the day he, he isn't experienced in a role like this and i understand that's going to bring up some hesitations but he's not going to be doing this alone harlan barnett like we said is still secondaries coach he'll probably you know when they're in position drills handle the safeties but at the end of the day he's still presiding over the corners as well and I know that he's one of the favorite coaches on the staff for a lot of our fans and myself included so not only that but Mel Tucker specializes in, in secondary so he's going to have a lot of support behind him we have you know the experience and the knowledge to, to get him off on the right foot and we'll see what he has to offer himself too um, so so yeah, yeah great hire and second move to, to go over real quick not a huge move, but Chris Kapilovich this week was promoted to assistant head coach. Um, we kind of have seen that he's, I think I would say the right-hand man to Mel Tucker in a lot of ways. He's, I, he was the first guy that he brought over when he came over from uh, um, Colorado and not, not a surprising move. I don't know necessarily what the added responsibilities are, but shout out to him. Obviously great to see him getting the promotion. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just from hearing about Dan Campbell, like going back to the Lions thing, you hear about this like assistant head coach or associate head coach or whatever, and kind of the duties that are involved. It's more or less, you know, if, if Mel for some reason needs to miss a day, he's running practice, right? If, if something happens, he, he can be in control of the meeting room and stuff like that. So I, I don't, you know, again, like you said, it's not a huge surprise. Like if, if we knew he was going to be hiring uh, an assistant head coach, we probably would have guessed pretty easily that it would be Kapilovich. He talks glowingly about him. He's one of the main recruiters on the staff. Like he he's got a ton of responsibility as is. So I, I think that's a good move bringing him up. Um, last but not least, we had, uh, Amber. Okay. So Amber, if you're listening to this, if this comes across your ears, I need you to tweet me at standing room MSU. So we have a new uh, dietitian on the Michigan state football uh, staff, Amber it's spelled R I N E S T I N E. 
I could go with Reinstein, Rinstein, Rinestein, Rin, Rin, I I don't know. I'm going with Reinstein, but I you got to help me out here. So Amber, if you're listening, tweet at us at Standing Room MSU. If you know Amber, that would also be helpful because uh, I don't want to butcher your name. Uh, but yeah, had had a dietitian, which. You know, it's one of those things where it's it continues to be emphasized. The the diet, the the recovery, all of this kind of goes into the the performance aspect of it. So, uh, the dietitian is super important to what these guys do. Especially, you know, we're heading into the off season, and uh, you know, it just it, when you're whether it's the guys that we talk about, you know, hey, this offensive lineman, he's got talent, but he needs to put on 10, 15 pounds and. So it's a really important part of the game. It's not something that gets a lot of love, uh, but wanted to make sure Amber gets her shout out, even if I accidentally butchered her name. Definitely, especially this time of year, obviously strength and conditioning season. Uh, a lot of work goes into, you know, the diet as well. As you guys know, it's uh, it's half the game, if not more. So shout out to her. Good luck to her. I'm going with Ryan Stein. I think the I-N-E gives it the, the hard I at the end there. So Ryan what's Stein, the, but we'll see. What's uh, the group that does uh, Duhast? It's like Reinstein or something, right? It's some oh German God. metal band. Uh, Rammstein. Right. Okay. Duhast. So <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Elsewhere in news, I guess a couple things before we kind of preview signing day. We got uh, Tyrell Henry. He committed what yesterday, as we're listening to this, two days ago. Um, wide receiver commit 2022 class wide receiver or athlete, depending on where you look, I should say he's got some defensive back tape as well. Uh, I guess, you know, the initial take is, he's an athletic kid that, you know, he adds the third commitment to the class. So Scott, I know you popped on the tape a little bit. What do you see in Tyrell Henry adding the first kind of skill position player to the 2022 class? Yeah, he's certainly, you know, he's listed as an athlete and he definitely is one. He's got great speed, similar build and toolkit to like a, a Jaden Reed. Um, I think he's six foot listed at like 160. Obviously, he's a junior, so you'd expect him to put on a few pounds before he uh, finds his way to campus. But uh, yeah, no, an exciting athletic guy. We'll see if they have any interest in playing him on the defensive side. I think his tape was a little bit more impressive on uh, as a wide receiver. Um but yeah, definitely the type of guy you like to get in the ball in space and see what he can do. Um, and an exciting addition to add it, like you said, the first skill player to this class. Yeah, whether, like you said, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a defensive back, the athleticism certainly pops. You can kind of see that effortless gliding, right? Where, you know, we talked about this actually right before we started recording. Like, it doesn't look like he's running that fast, but when you look at all the other guys around him, he's running much faster than them. So uh, that's something you look for. I think when you're scouting players is that just kind of effortless gear where they're not chugging along, moving their arms real quick and just putting all their effort into running fast. It's just, you know, it's, it's so natural to him. So that, that was a, a commitment that I think, uh, we were definitely looking forward to. And like I said, the first skill position player of that class, we have two offensive linemen and now an athlete. So we'll see how, you know, once signing day comes and goes, we're going to start looking at that 2022 class. And we got a solid base here of three guys to start it off. So that's interesting. 
The other big news near and dear to my heart, adding a kicker, Garrison Smith. Uh, right now he's a walk-on. It looks like the plan is to give him Matt Coughlin's scholarship when he graduates. Uh, the word on this kid is that he is he could be a stud, honestly, uh, out of Ohio. And I was I was reading up on him a little bit. So his senior year, he hit field goals from 57, 54, 45. He hit four other field goals from 44 yards. Didn't miss a field goal inside the 40. So you get a combination of some consistency on short field goals as well as some range. The The biggest thing, though, that stuck out in, in reading about him was actually a field goal that he missed because in 30-degree weather, his high school football coach marched him out for a 62-yarder. And I don't know if you guys, anybody listening, played high school football or knows high school football coaches – they're generally not people who love trusting their kicker, especially from 62 yards. So that was really impressive to me. Just the fact that a coach would feel confident enough to march him out there from 62 uh, was, was really impressive. So that this is somebody, I guess, who could be a stud carry on the tradition of really strong special teams at, at Michigan state. So any last thoughts on, on any of these guys or, or Garrison Smith, the kicker, before we move on to our, our kind of preview here. No, excited to have him. Obviously our specialists, uh, well, Matt Coughlin's fine. I'll keep him out of that, but some issues at punter Garrison Smith was listed actually as a kicker punter. So um, he could do some, some punting. We'll see how that, I know we lost Mark Vassett, I believe out of Australia. We never really heard what happened to him, but he was just kind of removed from the, you know, the 2021 class recruit lists, the commitment lists. Um, and, and I think one way or another, he's going a different direction. Um, but so it's nice to add, you know, another punting option. We don't know, obviously that was a problem last year. We don't really know who we're going to trot out there this year. Um, so maybe he could help there, you know, as he's kind of waiting in the wings to take on kicking duties from Coughlin might be a, a maybe I know Coughlin started to add range, but maybe he's, you know, a range possibility if we need, you know, we're desperate and we need to kick a 56, 55 yard or give him a shot. Maybe he takes over kickoff duties if he has a leg for it. Uh, we'll see. But obviously it's, it's always great to have consistent, trustworthy specialists. And, uh, and like you said, he seems to have uh, some, some promising, you know, attributes and, and hopefully he will continue that proud tradition of, uh, of great specialists here. And let's, Let's get into, I, I want to make sure we, we give some time here for looking at signing days this week. So by the end of this week, we will have, we will know who's going to be joining us in terms of incoming freshmen to the 2021 Michigan state class. Now, obviously that's not considering transfers. And just, just as a reminder for those who, who aren't aware transfers are still counting against that scholarship limit right so if if the class seems a little bit light in terms of the number of players um, that that could be a reason you got to make sure you account for but basically the math plays out the way we were looking at it is right now we currently have nine more spots available and Rayshon Benny hasn't committed he or he's committed he hasn't signed so that should take one of those spots, um, the defensive lineman or offensive lineman, depending on how we want to use him out of Oak Park. 
Uh, that should be a name that we're looking for on signing day. We're expecting him to to fulfill his commitment, sign the papers, head to Michigan State. We haven't heard anything else otherwise. So we'll start there. In terms of, of freshmen, is there anybody that Michigan State fans, Scott, should be keeping an eye out for on signing day? Anybody that's announcing, anybody – uh, that that we should be looking for, and then we'll kind of talk about what we're looking for the rest of the offseason as well. Yeah, I mean, outside of, of Rayshon Benny, there hasn't been a whole lot of chatter about names to watch on signing day. There's one name that we should definitely keep an eye on, and that's Keon Coleman. He is a dual sport athlete out of Louisiana. Interesting story with this kid. He actually, we were on his short list last year, um, he ended up committing to Kansas. Um, he's, he's a wide receiver in football. And then, like I said, he's, he's a basketball player as well, a guard. Um, decommitted from Kansas in like October. Um, he's a four-star guy. So a lot of teams were interested in him. Decommitted, kind of reset his, his recruiting calendar process. Um, and he narrowed it down to, I think, eight, right? Yeah. Um, last month, he announced his top eight. It was three. HBCUs, us, Ole Miss. Uh, help me out, Kevin. I know you Texas, went through that list. USC, a couple other schools on there. Yeah. Yeah. So there hasn't been a lot of chatter for any schools other than Michigan State. If you want to read the tea leaves, you know, he teases MSU pretty often on his Twitter account. Um, but he, anyway, he's committing 10 15 on signing day, 10 15 a.m. So definitely that's the big name. Um, if you're, if you're looking for something to keep track of on Wednesday, obviously we'll be keeping track of Rayshon Benny as well, making sure that that signing comes through and we'll cover that. But yeah, Keon Coleman, I would say is the wild card here. He would, we currently don't have a wide receiver in the 2021 class. Obviously we have some good receivers ready to go now, but our pipeline I'd say is a little thin there. So it'd be a great addition. Um, and he would, apparently he really wants to play basketball as well. I guess the, the, the approach would be he would take a football scholarship and walk on wherever he plays. So maybe Tom Izzo gets like a, a solid walk on. He doesn't have to burn a scholarship on. And honestly, I don't know how he projects as a basketball player. We're talking about him as a wide receiver here. And I think it'd be a great addition. So keep your eye out for that one. Yeah. And, and you like by the rules you have to, if, if somebody plays football, and is taking a scholarship from the university, you have to use that scholarship for football, like no matter where you go. So uh, that is a six, four wide receiver, 180, 190 pounds. So he's, he's well built. He's somebody that I think, you know, we, we talked endlessly about Trayvon Morgan and, and he's not six, seven, like Morgan was, but it's that big framed wide receiver that we're kind of missing right now. Like you said, with, uh, with Henry, it's we have the the Jaden Reed, the Ricky White, the Jalen Naylor. We have the speed. We have the run after catch guys. We don't really have that red zone 50-50 ball kind of guy in the building. So this could certainly add that. Um, and and like you said, it's it's the first wide receiver in the class. And do we have a lot of good wide receivers? Certainly, but you can never have too many in today's game where you're often playing with four or five of these guys on the field at once. So I, I think that could be a huge one. 
maybe that there maybe there's another guy that we're not even looking at right now, right? When Ma now Teote announced, I don't think anybody was expecting that. That kind of came out of nowhere. So maybe there's a guy we're we're not really keyed in on. So I don't know. Keep keep your uh Twitter notifications on for Standing Room MSU on Twitter, and we will make sure that we get you any news that comes through. We'll be following this pretty closely the whole day. So uh if there is something, certainly, but I think I, I would imagine that those would be the two guys, Rayshon Benny, Keon Coleman. And then that leaves uh, a handful of other players that we need to fill. So when you look at what we got incoming right now, we have two quarterbacks. We have Hampton Fay, the freshman, and we have Anthony Rousseau, the transfer from Temple. We got three running backs, Davion Prim, the the freshman, and then two transfers, We got one tight end commitment. We have five offensive linemen, including one transfer, uh, but a transfer with a handful of years of eligibility left. That's not a one and done kind of guy. Five defensive linemen, if we're including Rayshon Benny. Three linebackers, if we're including uh, Pepper. What's his name? Hank Pepper, the, the primarily is a long snapper. I think he has the ability to play linebacker if needed. And then six defensive backs, Uh, We are not including uh, one of the walk-ons. There was a walk-on transfer um, who's not taking a scholarship, obviously. So that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Obviously adding Keon Coleman would add one wide receiver to that mix. So we, we were kind of trying to frame this of like how, how, what would be the ideal way? Cause Mel Tucker has publicly said, Hey, look, we want to fill our scholarship count. We want to make sure that we're getting as many dudes in the building as we can, whether that's through freshmen transfers, we're going to get players in the building. So what would be the optimal way to, to fill out these spots? And I think you start with Coleman at wide receiver. If we're going to include that, because again, you can't have too many of them. And, and he brings something that's a little bit different to the table than the guys we do have in the building. It brings that potential red zone threat, six, four buck 90. Who's, who's got some, you know, he's got some hops. He's a basketball player as well. So that, that starting there, where do we go from there, Scott, whether it's a transfer, whether it's a, a commitment that we're not expecting, what would be again, that kind of dream scenario to fill out this roster this off season. Yeah. If we're talking dream, I mean, I think most of that resides on the defensive side of the ball. Most of the areas that we really have a need, Um, obviously linebacker, a lot has been made of our situation at linebacker. We have guys like Harvey and Klein coming back uh, a couple other guys coming up through the program, but haven't seen a lot of promise yet, especially to to fill, you know, two spots next year in that um, four, two, five defense. Uh, And, so I think linebackers, the top need definitely need some rotation corners, maybe a free safety to complete with, to compete, excuse me, with Trey person. Um, but I think for me, like I said, linebacker, uh, preferably a transfer um, who's ready to get on the field and play. I mean, if we're talking dream scenario, you look at a guy like JJ Peterson heading out of Tennessee. Um, he was a top 50 recruit in the class of 2018 or the other dudes from Tennessee, it's like To'o To'o or something. To'o To'o. Yeah. Another name that we're probably butchering. <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine, I mean, there's imagine couple... that linebacker unit. Give, give me two now Teotes and a To'o To'o. 
Yeah, actually, both top 50 linebackers. Toto was a class of 2019 um, top 50 player, not just top 50 linebacker, top 50 player, top five linebacker in the country in his class. So both of those guys, um, J.J. Peterson's outside, Toto is inside. I don't know if we really make it inside versus outside distinction in our defense anymore, Um, but either one would be certainly welcome in our program. Um, I think we had ties to one of them in their recruitment, or at least Mel Tucker did, uh, maybe when he was at Colorado. But keep an eye on those names. They're going to be very highly sought after. They may be looking for, um, I'll say, more competitive programs, um, just given where Michigan State is. But you never know. Maybe they want to be that flagship guy, you know, in our in our process. So, um, but in any event, I'd love to see a transfer linebacker who's ready to come in and and take some snaps. Um, if nothing else, just to take the pressure off the guys like Harvey and Klein, who still obviously have some you know holes in their game to fill. Um, that's where I'd look. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Yeah, like you said, I think the first place you start is a linebacker. And I think that is the most realistic spot to get a starter. Like we'll talk about a couple other spots we could use some players. But at linebacker, there are guys in the transfer portal who are potential, like not only starters, but like all big 10 type guys. We, you talk about those dudes that we already mentioned now Teote's brother from USC, like there are some potential studs out there. And so if you're looking again, we're talking kind of dream scenario here. It's, it's you land one of those guys and you get a day one starter uh, who can fill in for Antoine Simmons and, and really make a big impact right away. So I think that's where you start. Going from there, I think the biggest need is is corner. And whether that whether you're looking for a starter, again, at linebacker, there are guys available in the transfer portal. At corner, there isn't it, there isn't that type of of talent right now from what I've seen. There there are plenty of guys who can come in, give you some depth, but there isn't that you know, former top 50 player, former top 100 player that came in and started, right? All of these guys we talked about, To'o, To'o, Peterson, now Teote, they were highly rated recruits and they came in and excelled at the college level. Like they they were hits. So I, I don't think you're going to find that at corner. There isn't that sure thing that, that can come in and play. But I think we need at least one of them for sure. I mean, we we've talked about it plenty of plenty over this off season already, so we don't need to kind of beat the dead horse there, but we need cornerback depth desperately. And whether that's from a freshman that we're not expecting, whether it's from a transfer that can come in and play right away. Uh, I don't know, but I would say we need at least one, ideally two or even three of, of uh, corners that can play. Yeah, and like you said, we've got some recruits coming in. We've got a couple transfers already, a D3 and a D2 guy. I believe the guy coming up from D2 is getting a scholarship, but you never really know how, how they'll you know project with the elevated um, competition in the Big Ten. But definitely agree. I mean, we have potentially enough corners to field a team right now, maybe. Um, but like you said, you need a solid rotation there. Um, and I'd love to see some more guys added. Um, and, and then the last position I mentioned was free safety. 
Trey Person's got the experience. Uh, I just think he's kind of a, a low ceiling guy at that position right now. And, and obviously he's not going to be around forever. I think this will be his last year coming up. So um, whether that's a transfer guy or maybe you add a, a, you know, a late commitment who can play behind him um, and, and try to steal some snaps, we'll see. But um, yeah, so all over the defense, I think there's holes to be filled. Maybe not so much the defensive line. I think we have a solid rotation there, but we'll see uh, who we can add as this process unfolds. The Trey Person's a good one. Uh, like free safety, I should say, is a good one because Trey Person is, look, he's at times he was a liability. So I don't want to say like he's good enough, but he's one of those guys where he's, he's not going to kill you. Like he's, he's definitely not good and we could use an improvement for sure. But you know, when you look at this team and you think, what are the big needs? Well, it's a linebacker and then it's corner and then it's quarterback. Like it's, it's not one that comes up right off the top of your head, but as soon as you get to it, like, Oh man, yeah, that is a pretty big hole that we need to fill. So yeah, if we can get somebody that can at least give them some competition, man, I, I think that would be really impactful like you said, be it a transfer or a freshman, I, as long as it's somebody that can push him. I, we talked about it with the quarterbacks plenty. Like I, I'm in for competition all over the roster. And if we can bring in somebody to compete for that spot, I'm all for it. I, I, and I don't really care where it comes from. So give me somebody that can, that can make real waves at that position. I think strong safety. We got plenty of guys that can play that spot, but free safety, that kind of roaming playmaker. I just, I, I don't know if we have it on the roster right now. And yeah, we got a bunch of defensive back commitments, but not many of them are, are really in that mold of, of a potential free safety roaming over the top, making plays. So that's definitely one I think we need to look for beyond that. I mean, it's tough because there, there aren't really any glaring depth needs there aren't really any other glaring starting needs that i think are realistic to fill me like running backs cross that off the list we have almost too many running backs at this point quarterbacks again cross those guys off the list because if i i think we're more likely to lose another quarterback that's already on the roster right now than we are to to go get another one I guess you can, we mentioned earlier, you can never have too many wide receivers tight end. I think is interesting. And I, I kind of want your thoughts on this too. Cause Matt Dotson, I, I believe he's coming back for next year, but at, at the very most he's here for one more year. Gillison's starting to get up there. I think he's got two more years of eligibility and there are a few question marks behind them. We we have some guys that I think have shown some promise who have who've made splashes in practice that the coaches have liked. Uh, Tyler Hunt, obviously. Cam Allen is coming in as a freshman. Is that a spot that we could see somebody come in, whether it's to to compete for snaps right now, whether it's for, you know, for somebody that we can build for the future? Tight end, I think, is an interesting spot. Yeah, I mean we have options um, and, and we have guys who I think will make their presence known this year more than they have in the past. I mentioned it before on previous episodes that I think the lack of production from tight ends is, I mean, obviously they could be playing better, but I think our quarterbacks probably weren't looking for them as much as they could have been last year as well. Again, we, we typically only have one tight end on the field. 
um, which is different from the D'Antonio era. So that's one reason that it feels like we're not getting a lot of tight end production. But at the same time, you know, Rocky was kind of an over-the-top or underneath kind of quarterback. He didn't really throw it into traffic too often, and that's usually where those guys ended up. So um, Thorne seemed to be doing it a little bit more. But in any event, um, there's some tight end talent out there when you're looking at the portal. Um, it's just a hard position to kind of project. Um, I'm sure they'd love to have a guy coming in, but we also have some guys that are coming up that I, I think I expect to see a little bit more of like a Tommy Guajardo out of Dearborn, who was a freshman last year, uh, didn't really see the field, but you know, it was kind of an exciting recruit to me personally. Um, obviously Cam Allen is going to be on campus. Uh, definitely a receiving type tight end, almost a big receiver. Um, he's like six, five two twenty, I believe. So, I think we have enough to field a solid competition, but if there's a tight end out there in the portal who's saying, where can I go right now to, to try to get catches, you know, game one, I think maybe he looks at Michigan state and says, I can beat out the guys they've got right now. So we may be able to attract some talent. It's just, a, it's, it's an a odd, position. Like that I said, I've at any time we throw out some of this stuff on Twitter of like, Hey, what do we need in the transfer portal? What are we looking for on signing day? I always get replies about tight end. So I think it is interesting. I don't think it's as big of a need as a lot of other people do, though. And I think that goes to a lot of what you're saying. But we have roster spots to put somebody at pretty much every position right now. So um, if if the right guy's out there, it's not like we're going to turn him down because it's not a position, you know, a high priority position for us. I think we'll have the slots uh, we were going through before this with those nine extra slots and just trying to figure out where we'd fill them. And I think we got, you know, between Coleman, a linebacker, a couple corners of safety, that's like five. And then you got four more spots that we honestly just sat there, like, I guess, depth, you know, offensive line, <laughs> defensive line, you can never have enough linemen, but at the end of the day, we got spots to fill and I don't think they're going to be reserved for any specific position group. No. And yeah, that's, I guess, to kind of finish off this, this topic. Yeah. Wherever we're going to go with the rest of these picks, like you can never have too many linemen on either side of the ball. So it's, it's one of those where I'm sure we will land another offensive lineman transfer commitment. We will land another defensive line transfer and commitment. And do we need them for, for depth? Do we need them for starters? Like, I don't know, maybe probably not though, but either way you can never have too many, especially on the offensive line, man. And so I think that's where we're going to go for the rest of this, but I don't know, like we said, uh, signing day, February 3rd. So that's uh Wednesday, Wednesday. right? Um, again, yeah. look out for that Keon Coleman. He's announcing at 10 15. I know that Rayshon Benny, I'm not sure when he's technically announcing, um, but again, we're expecting him to go green. So that, that shouldn't be one, uh, barring any surprises that we should be too worried about. Now that I say that he's going to go to Michigan, but, um, <laughs> yeah, other, other than that, like I said, make sure you're following on Twitter at standing room MSU. If there are any surprises, we'll make sure we keep you posted on that. Uh, follow Scott at Spartan Martin 18 on Twitter on Instagram, it's Standing Room Spartans. And if you are so kind to take five seconds out of your day, please go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen. 
make sure you keep getting the the podcast as it comes out every Monday throughout the entire off season, every Monday morning, it'll be in the feed. Uh, last week, if you haven't listened to it, make sure you check it out. We had an interview with Tyson Watson, speaking of uh, signing day in this recruiting class. He's uh, a great kid, well-spoken, had a lot of fun chatting with him. So make sure you go back to last week in the feed and listen to that. Make sure you catch it if you haven't. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else before we get out of here? No, like I said, you got an MSU basketball game to keep us, uh, I don't know about keep us entertained, but give us something to do, something to watch this uh, this afternoon. Obviously, like I said, by the time, you know, the fans are listening to this, you will know that result. Hopefully it's a positive one and we'll be talking about it next week with, uh, with some optimism. But in any event, excited to see it. Um, excited for the Super Bowl. I guess next time we, we record, it will be the morning of Super Bowl Sunday. So um yeah next sure time to, uh, i guess next time the the people listening can hear us the super bowl will already be done so let's go on record real quick who you got the chiefs yeah no i, I i've tried to hold back from getting behind the chiefs because i just uh try to avoid bandwagons um because i'm stubborn but i think the the road ends here for tampa bay they made it home it'll be very exciting to have a homecoming super bowl i think that's a kind of a wrinkle we've never seen it I know it's a wrinkle we've never seen at a Super Bowl and I'm excited to see how that plays out it's a shame you know they don't have a year where it's just open you know fan ticketing I know Um, they're doing which is really cool they are doing um you know the the first however they phrase it um the healthcare workers basically in the Tampa Bay area who are vaccinated uh, they're giving out like 7,500 tickets or something, which is really cool. But yeah, it's it's not the same as it would be. I mean, this, the Super Bowl is like normally the corporate bullshit anyway, where there's only a handful of like actual fans. But yeah, right. it, it would have been nice to see that. But in any event, yeah, I think the Chiefs, they're too unstoppable. They got too many weapons. Um Tampa Bay, I think, would thrive in a chaos game. Obviously, they forced a lot of turnovers the last couple of games, and that's kind of been their, you know, MO through getting through these playoffs. They won three road games in the playoffs, which not many teams do. Um, so certainly could could pull out the upset. But uh, if I'm betting the mortgage on anyone, it's uh, Andy Reid and his Chiefs. Yeah, I was I was bullish on Tampa Bay last week. I won a couple bucks on on them beating the Packers on the road, but. I'm with you. I think the chiefs are just too strong, man. They're it's one of those offenses where you look at, and it's, it's a team that everybody, when they watch football, they would love their favorite team to be exactly like the chiefs are this unstoppable offense, fun quarterback, like easy to root for. It's, it's everything that you would hope for. So now I think the chiefs are just too strong. I, I already put a couple bucks on them to win. So I think that that's going to be, it does, does it make me nervous betting against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, but that's why I don't bet a lot of money. So uh, make sure. Yeah. When uh, next time you hear this, we'll, we'll record probably in the morning on Super Bowl Sunday or something like that. So we wanted to make sure um, we got our picks out there uh, while you can still listen to it before the game kicks off. So Happy signing day. Like you said at the beginning, Scott, it's a time for new hope, new beginnings. And hopefully, uh, you know, with the new staff and everything, this, this is our first real opportunity to 
have more optimism going into a normal-ish offseason. As far as we know, everything is going on schedule for spring. So keep it, keep uh, everything tuned in here to Michigan State football all offseason long. Like I said, every Monday morning, we'll be here for you. So subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your family, all that fun stuff, and have yourselves a great week, folks.